Side Hustle Show 163, how to build a six-figure blog in under a year. If you want to start a blog of your own, check out my free video series at blogstartercourse.com. I'll show you step-by-step how blogs make money and how to get your site online for less than you might think. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. We're talking about ideas, action, and results in building job-free income streams. Today, I want to plant some ideas in your head about just what's possible with an ad-monetized blog site. Now, conventional wisdom says these types of niche sites may take months or years to build and worry about Google rankings and all this stuff, but my guest has managed to fast-track that growth curve uh, with some pretty unique strategies. So I'm excited to introduce John Dykstra, who writes the excellent marketing blog fatstacksblog.com um, one of my go-to sites for for learning about this stuff and he's actually earning tens of thousands of dollars each month from his niche sites which uh, as we'll get into on the call are really more of kind of branded authority lifestyle blogs around broad verticals uh, pretty different from the traditional niche site model we've covered in the past Now, we're about to dive into his uh, niche selection rules, his content strategies, his monetization methods, and uh, and his best traffic drivers. And um, and of course, as is per the usual, you can download the free PDF highlight reel with all of John's top tips from this call at sidehustlenation.com slash fatstacks or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. But without further ado, let's just dive right into it. Hey, John, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. John is a former attorney turned full-time entrepreneur. He runs the excellent site fatstacksblog.com. I think you're going to love the content over there. And today we're going to talk about niche sites, but not really in the traditional sense of finding a, uh, an exact match keyword domain and trying to drive Google traffic and make pennies with AdSense. We're trying to talk about a different type of niche site, which is a little bit faster to earn money and the dollar figures tend to be a lot bigger. And John is the go to guy when it comes to building these types of sites. So to dive into this, I want to talk first about where everyone starts in niche site selection is, is, and that's in selecting a niche, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, that's, that's a big part of it for sure. So what, what kind of criteria do you look for? In, I mean, are you doing long tail pro keyword research or, you know, how are you deciding what types of niches to get into? Well, that's a good question. Uh, first off, I spent, I spend probably three to five weeks researching a niche before I even decide to go into it. I, I look at all the sites that I can find. I, you know, I really look carefully about like, can I generate really good content with my resources? Can I do that? Am I interested in doing it? Because you know, this is gonna be something that's gonna be for years. And, and you, even if you outsource, you're, you're gonna have to have an interest in the topic. But in terms of like looking at the metrics. Um, I, I actually look to see if there's really big sites in the space. If there are huge, huge sites, and then what I, what I always do is I go down. Usually, most of them have like a little advertise uh, link at the bottom in the footer, and they, they'll often disclose their traffic numbers and and their social media stuff. And I'll check out all their social media channels. And if if I'm if I see you know the biggest sites in the space are getting like 
8 million visits a month or page views a month. I'm like, all right, potential is massive, obviously. And then, of course, usually they usually have like a million fans and their engagement's pretty good and all the rest of it. So then I'm like, okay, well, that that's a niche that has real potential. I don't want to go into a niche that's going to be capped at 600,000 visits a month. I want to go into a niche where, you know, realistically with, you know, three, four, five years of hard work, three, four, five million page views a month is possible because that's, you know, that that's an asset. That's a big business. Yeah, so these are, these are more broad uh, topic areas than, you know, the best survival knife or, you know, how to find uh, the best buffalo <laughs> nickels or something like really, Absolutely. really narrow. In, in fact, it's not really a niche. I, I call it a vertical because I cover... Well, I'll give you an example, all right? A recent site I bought, and I bought it because it's exactly the type of site I like to publish, and I'm, I'm still working on monetizing it and everything else. But I bought it, and it, it covers pop culture, and specifically it covers film, TV, uh, video games, and comic books, okay? We can, we're going to expand that topically eventually, but you know th- that, that is like four niches in one. Right, and you could actually niche down to like, like if you if you're really into like micro niche sites, you do like maybe like like a horror films website alone. That alone could be a pretty big site, but our site is so much broader, and I like that. I like the flexibility and the potential traffic is enormous, and and I want to expand that topically. We're we're kicking around some ideas about you know what direction to take it, but so yeah, I like I like really broad sites. But that said. I, I don't go so broad as to be like a BuzzFeed where I'm going to cover like pretty much every topic under the sun. Um, as attractive as that is, the amount of resources you need to pull that off successfully is enormous. I mean, you, you need you need like a full staff of paid writers to do that. And I'm not there. So you're looking for something um, reasonably broad, but still under under one umbrella. So it could be like would ski like I'm into skiing. Would skiing be a, a reasonable niche to tackle? Skiing, and I, I might even go up one level to maybe um, extreme sports, okay, or even outdoor. Any, any other metrics that you're looking for, other than like you know, random? So you can use like something like Compete.com to to look for the top players in uh, in each vertical to estimate their traffic, um, and they might disclose that on their advertising page. Uh, any other um, metrics or or clues that you're looking for that say this might be something worth diving into? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll quickly do a keyword planner for the main seed keywords. You know, that's a no brainer. That takes all like three minutes. Is there a, a metric? Is there a baseline like that's interesting for you? Millions or close to a million for the seed keyword. That's going to be pretty big. And then, you know, when you start lumping all the long tails in there, you're going to end up with potentially millions of traffic. I mean, that's all I really want. And I, and you know, I will glance at the CPC value for that seed keyword. Like most niches aren't, don't have this problem, but let's just say you stumbled on one and the CPC value is like two cents. Uh, probably would not go into it. It's not very commercially viable. Where do you where do you get that CPC estimate? Uh, over in the column. That that's what that's what Google's telling you that um, advertisers would expect to pay for a click on their search results page. Used probably in the top three spots. And okay? that's in so their keyword planner too. It's right in there. It's one of the columns. It'll say CPC. So, like an awesome number is three, but you know don't 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 rule it on a niche if it's not three. Like if if if, if it's over fifty cents, seventy five cents. It's a viable commercial, like it's commercially viable. It's it's good. A, a buck is sweet. 
Uh, you know, aside from that, you know, I just get it. I, I, you know, actually what's really important for me, um, once, once that all sort of pans out is how, how, uh, engaging are people within the niche? Like, does it work on Pinterest or are, are the big Facebook pages? Are they getting like good like and share volume? That's important to me because I think that those, I, I like those activities. I love social media as a traffic source. So, that's you know when I when I choose a niche, I want a niche that's going to work in social media. I'm not just an organic search guy. I'm not just a pay traffic guy. I kind of like everything, and so that's important. So I'll look at that, and like it doesn't have to be like upworthy viral. It doesn't have to be viral Nova viral levels. I don't expect that. What I expect is sort of like. Uh, let's say you see a Facebook page with 500,000 fans and over the last week they're getting like maybe like, you know, anywhere from 20 to 150 shares for some of their more popular posts. When I see sort of that activity, I know that they're sending some pretty good traffic out to, to their site with, with that share volume. And, and that's, not, that's not really considered viral at all. That's, that's just good engagement. Okay. And at this point, you're just looking at what else is already out there pre-existing and saying, okay, I can build an asset. There's obviously an interest here. I can build uh, a website to compete with this or to... Absolutely. And, and actually a really important... I, I did two two important things when I set out, especially with my most successful site. One is I asked, how can I actually contribute to the niche? I know it sounds sort of like all kind of airy-fairy or anything, but really I wanted to create a site that was actually have some unique offerings. And I don't mean like I come up with a unique post concept, but I mean in a, in a presentation concept. Okay, So what I was seeing was I was seeing a lot of pagination, all right? a lot of sites that were paginating or using slideshows. And, and for some niches, it's not a big deal, especially like image-rich sites. Okay, that's not a big deal that that can serve. But what I liked, and one of the reasons I like BuzzFeed a lot as a site, is because they don't paginate you. They they scroll. They let their users scroll down, and that's really popular. So that was an editorial decision I set out from the beginning, and I've stuck to. I looked carefully and looked at every big site in the space, and I'm like, okay, how are they getting their content? What what's their focus of their content? And and I started to see patterns, and I'm like, okay, well, I I can. I can use that idea from this site and use this idea for that site. And we created our own unique concept of posts and we've evolved it since inception. But so now we have unique offerings that other websites in the space actually don't have in terms of how we present the information. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. Ands.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. 
When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now let's talk about what kind of information you are presenting. Like there's obviously some content strategy that has to go into building out these sites and, and maintaining them as well. Yeah, uh, I really love image rich. So a lot of images, some video. I like that in a site. I like because images, um, well, they're popular in social media. So it makes that easy, right? So image image centric niches are great. So that's something else I look at. But I wouldn't rule it out because uh, my pop culture site, that's actually really all about the text. So we do really in-depth reviews and commentary and such. So I don't rule it out, but that, that was what I was looking for the first time around when I when I built this my biggest site. So um, how we how we present it, um, I don't really want to say that they're galleries, but it's it's really a mix of a lot of images with a lot of text. So it's not just images, it's not just text, it's a mix. And, and we you know, we we invest a lot of time, especially in our what I call our pillar posts. And we have, we have published five thousand word posts with forty images that are really researched into the topic that's covering. So it's a combination of eye candy, if you will, along with the information that's well researched to support the eye candy, and that's that's sort of the combo we're doing. So would it be something like um, on the skiing example, like the the 35 ski resorts you must ride before you die or something like that? That's a great example. Yeah. And of course, the images you can get would be awesome, right? And you could probably get them for free from the various resorts. You just ask them. And that, oh, that's the next question. I was like, do you worry about like image licensing or, you know, having to buy? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely answer that. But in terms of that example post you gave, we would do that. We'd get the images, but we wouldn't leave it at that. What we would do is we would invest time and research and do little background write-ups of, of each resort, a couple paragraphs underneath, or maybe more than a couple paragraphs. So it's actually informative, right? People will read it, and they'll, they'll actually be able to get some information and possibly links to more information if they're interested in that, okay? Um, I love adding tidbits, interesting facts, hot tips, stuff like that into posts. Now, we don't do that all the time, but let's say you're covering a, a ski a ski a post like that. Um, if you could find some interesting tidbit like, uh, you know, this is Jennifer Aniston's favorite ski thing or something. I don't know. It's just kind of dumb, right? But just to sort of throw the reader off and we're like, oh, oh, that's interesting kind of thing, right? Anytime you can get a reader to sort of think in their head like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I think you succeeded with with the piece of content. Now, to answer your question about images, we get permission 
for every image we use. We either we, you know we we buy licenses with stock photos. Yes, we use stock photos, but we don't rely on them exclusively. But over the two years now of published the site, we have relationships with many, many, many big websites. They've given us carte blanche to use their images, but we've asked them. You know, we've, we've become partners with them and of course we always give full attribution and once we've never had problems because we give full attribution under the images where it's required Uh, we do outreach every week for more images we will contact individual website owners and say hey we love your image we're putting together this post Uh, would we be able to use it we're going to give you a link blah 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 and um, we get more no's than yeses. It's just the number. You just got to contact, 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 contact. And at the end of the day, you know, I can rest easy because I know we have written permission for every image that we use on the site. So that's one uh, that's one content uh, post idea. But where like you got to keep got to keep it spinning. You got to keep keep this stuff coming. So do you have a an engine or a formula that you use to come up with the content? I would say, I would say the sites evolved. We, we, what we do is, is I'm the tester. I'm the content tester. So I will constantly put together, I'll spend a few hours and put together a new type of piece of content, right? Whether it's a, it's a list or it's a how to, or it's a curated piece or it's, it's sometimes, you know, I've been, I've, I've been experimenting with some really short pieces of content that are, that serve as, supporting of the galleries okay and then we'll link interlink between those and so we'll test those and so um i'll i'll put together a test thing we'll see how it performs you know with organic search and social media and all that if it if it works we keep it if not then we dump it so right now we have about four main post formats and we actually even have names for them it just makes it easy so i can you know contact the writers and say i want these topics all of this type of post and they'll know exactly how to do it because they've done so many of them. So the list, it was list posts. And then you say there are list posts, but they're, they're really, t- they're really spins on galleries. Really. They're different types of galleries that we do, but we've also added more research, just text-based stuff where, you know, tips or, or how to's or tutorials. That's been a new one we've added recently. Okay. And then, and then late last year, the more recent one was, let's say we have an image of a ski resort. Okay. And we do a little write up underneath that within the main gallery. What we'll do is we'll do a a whole new post dedicated to that one ski resort uh, as a separate post. And then we'll interlink the two, right? And then we'll do more of a write up on the individual. We'll call that an individual image type post sort of concept right so so the whole thing kind of evolves into all different types of of posts that we're doing um and then and then the other type of post is we promote a lot of products mostly physical so we have a whole bunch of different types of product posts that we do uh galleries uh, reviews that sort of thing that promote products with affiliate links so that'd be another type of uh article and then we do we do feature posts where we will we'll feature um a particular company or brand or something like that they're not really sponsored posts but they're partners we work with and so you know they, they help us out and we help them out so after you hit publish and, and we'll circle back to this uh you mentioned the affiliate stuff so we'll circle back on the monetization thing after you hit publish what happens in terms of driving traffic to that page you know it's one thing to sit back and try and play the SEO game away from traffic from Google, but I get the get the impression that that's not the main uh, tactic here. More and more so, it actually is. But we we of course promote it 
within a day or two on social media. Uh, we'll pin a bunch of the images. We uh, obviously do a link post on Facebook. And then if that link post on Facebook is good. The so you've, created, you've created a whole new fan site for this, uh, for this niche site. Oh, yeah. It, it has its own Facebook fan page. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a whole bunch of Pinterest boards just for this site as well. We, we've covered all the social media channels. We, we do them all. The big traffic drivers are Pinterest and Facebook, though. Um, but we do them all just with the Facebook. We'll post it. If it performs well organically, we will boost it. And then we'll see how the boosting works. And then if it works really, really well on boosting, we will roll out a whole suite of Facebook ad campaigns. We'll try everything and see what what will earn it the most money. And then we'll circle back. We'll see how much it earns that particular post. We'll see what it earns on an RPM basis which is revenue per thousand visits. So we'll know how much we can spend. Then we'll review the Facebook ad campaigns and see what we're spending per click. Uh, we'll probably have to pause a bunch because they're not doing very well. But hopefully, you know, we get one, two, three, or five uh, ad sets that are coming in really well and, and are costing uh, less per thousand visitors than we earn. And we run them. We run them as long as we can. All right. Let's dive into this monetization and this paid traffic engine. I think this is a really powerful thing. Is my shoe business was built on on paid traffic, and so that that makes sense to me. It's like if I can, you know, buy traffic for fifty cents and and it's worth a dollar to me, I will make that trade all day long. So you mentioned affiliate product reviews and stuff like that. How else are these sites making money? Uh, display ads mostly is the lion's share of the money, although we really want to get our affiliate commissions up to be 50% of total site revenue. We're, we're not anywhere close to that, but um, that's the long-term goal. As you know, I mean, affiliate money is is mostly made from organic search. I mean, it's it's intent. It's buyer intent. They got to show up to your page with a certain keyword with the buyer intent behind it, click through and buy. Um, just blasting a whole bunch of social media to a list of product affiliate links. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's so random, so random. So um, it's display ads. And we use, we do, I have spent the last two, no longer, three years, because it's not my first go around with this type of site, testing, 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 testing everything. I mean, I don't know how many ad networks we've worked with. I don't know how much AdSense testing and all the other networks of, of we've done. It's It goes on and on. Um, always searching to increase the RPM. But in terms of buying traffic to this type of site, it's, you know, Facebook makes it possible because if you can, you know, because Facebook charges you, like the, the, the better your ad performs, the lower per click, which is such a wonderful, wonderful thing that they offer. Because if you come up with really engaging content, you're getting, you can get truckloads of traffic for so, so cheap. And so you don't have to make have huge huge RPMs to actually make a profit on it. So this AdSense, Media.net, like who who do you like for the for the display ads? Uh, obviously AdSense, Media.net. I'm testing Rev Content. We use um, polls, polling software, Opinion Stage right now, and they have ads built in. We do a Rev Share with them. And what else? Oh, gum gum image overlay ads. I'm working with the Blogger Network for some additional uh, ads. Uh, Critio is fantastic for for um, being able to set CPM floors. So you know that's all on the site right now. Now I want I want to preface this by saying my pages are long. We're talking like 40 images with full text, two three thousand words of text. So these are long. 
if if you have you know a 500 word article with one image, you are not going to use all of these ad networks. That would that would be ridiculous. Okay, so you got you got to use your judgment. I, I still I do care. I don't want my site to be cluttered with ads, but because it's so long, we have ads that we specifically place toward the bottom half of the site. We have ads that we specifically place at the top, and and then we have you know sidebar and under content, and you know it, it's all strategically set up. Obviously, the better earner is the top, and the and the lower earners are down. And it's something you can test as you as you go along, I imagine. So it's constant testing, constant, constant testing. So, like for instance, what what I've done recently is, and you want to watch your cannibalization, right? Because for every new ad network you add on, let's say they pay half of what AdSense would pay. Well, you you obviously want people to click the AdSense ad. If they click the lower paying, they may, that's a person that may have clicked AdSense. So it's this kind of juggle, right? It's sort of this give and take thing. But you know, recently, like below, you know, from from image number twelve down to say forty in our posts, we had nothing monetized in there. Like really, like no ads because we pretty much maxed out all our ads and above that. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I bet we could get some CPM ads in there, and you know, maybe get you know two three dollars CPM, which would be sweet. So um, we found a, a company that does that. It's the Blogger Network, and they're like, yeah, we can do that for you. Obviously, they wanted to be above the fold, but I'm not going to do that. But we we peppered their ads every five images, so it's still not very. Uh, ad dance, right? It's every five images with text in between, right? But we put one of their ads and we schedule it for, you know, from image uh, 15 and then after image 20, after image 25 and so on. And so now we've monetized the bottom half of those long posts that we never have before. And it's just stuff like that. You know, you just sort of figure it out as you go along. And here's the other thing. Like, I, I am admittedly in a higher paying niche. I'm not in the highest paying niche, but I'm in a higher paying niche. It doesn't really matter what the RPM is. The, the, what matters is the spread between the cost of your traffic and your RPM. Yes, and you can track that to the page level? You can. I mean, you can do it in AdSense easily. Uh, just They have a URL th- uh, tool. I can't remember what it's called exactly, but you can... P- paste your URL in there and it'll tell you exactly what that URL makes with AdSense revenue. Now, here's the trouble, right? If you use additional ad networks, you got to guesstimate, right? Like media.net is awesome with in every respect except the reporting is really limited. You can't tell on a URL basis. So you, you, there's some guesswork involved. So you post on Facebook, you run some Actually, before that, like, how are you building the initial fan base to to these Facebook pages? Well, when you run Facebook ads, this is something I didn't anticipate. Um, when you run Facebook ads, even if you're doing like clicks to website, or, and obviously if you're doing engagement ads, if you spend a hundred dollars a day, you're going to get a lot of fans. Right, they're they're going to become fans and like your page because they see the ads. So not only are you driving traffic to your site. You're getting fans. For a long time, the strategy was get a lot of fans, post your content to your newsfeed, and drive free traffic to your website. You know, invest up front and then you know make all your profits in the back end, right? Then reach kind of plummeted, and that didn't really work as much. But here's the thing: reach reach can still be very effective. And I got involved recently on a new site, and the re- the the, or, the organic Facebook traffic that's being generated today after everybody thinks reach is dead, is amazing. I mean, I just can't believe it. So if you work your Facebook page well and you're in the right niche, it won't work for every niche, um, you could still generate a lot of free traffic. So if that's the case for your niche, if you can get lots of engagement on your newsfeed 
page, you certainly want to, you know, maybe invest focus on fan acquisition rather than just driving clicks straight to your website. But regardless of what you do, a, a collateral benefit of advertising on Facebook and new fans, which is great. Like even if you don't get the most engagement, at least it's still a traffic source. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. And so I've been playing around a little bit with Facebook ads lately. And so I ran a couple different ones. One was a post uh, click ad that was the you know stated object- uh, objective of the ad. And the other one was a post page engagement ad. And one of them had around 50 cents a click, click to the link or click to the website. And the other one had like a penny per post engagement, which sounds like a lot better, but it's hard to say like how many of those people actually clicked. Yeah. Okay. I take it with your question. Your your goal is to try to find out how much it was costing to get someone to your site, right? Well, that's, that's if, especially if you want to have somebody eventually, if the goal is eventually to have them click on a display ad and make this like arbitrage spread in the middle, how does that? <laughs> um, yeah, what you need to do, it's actually a really simple solution to what you just said there. That second example you gave where you had the one cent engagement. Yeah. Is that good, Is that good by the way? <laughs> uh, that's really good. That's oh, okay. awesome. But you can actually, you can you can customize your reports in the ads manager and you can, there's an there's a option to put in the CPC or the cost per click to the website. Okay, it's not by default in the reports for, for that type of ad. But you can you can select that, and then you'll actually see what it actually cost you. So you can just tweak your reports. I create a custom report for all my all my ads, and then I always go to that report because I want to see what it costs to to get people to my website. So yeah, it, very very easy solution. Do you, do you typically run post page engagement or or click objective? Oh man, I, I have done everything. I'm constantly trying new things. Uh, I think when I first started the whole thing, I did clicks to website ads. Uh, when the carousel ads came out, I jumped on board. They've been a huge hit for me. The carousel ads are where you can have three to five links with three to five images in them. They're, they're fantastic for, for clicks to website. I've done a lot of dark posts, which is which is geared toward engagement, but they can result in really low-cost traffic to site. You, you know, So now, now what my big thing is doing is, is actually I'm really investing in improving my organic Facebook reach. Uh, I have several hundred thousand fans at this point, and, but you know, I've just ignored it. I haven't really tapped that as much as I should. So I'm doing a big push. I'm, I'm work, I've hired a consultant to help me out to improve with new ideas and, and breathe some new life into this thing. So what we're doing is we're doing a lot of engagement ads. So we'll do a link post. So it's where you you don't upload an image. You just 
copy and paste your website URL into the status update. It'll auto-populate with an image and then a, and then a title. And that that's a, a great post because when someone clicks it, they go straight to your website. And so the ones of those that are doing well organically, I'm boosting those. And I haven't been doing it for very long, but the results are have been excellent. So you're basically building full-on brands for these different sites. And I'm curious, are they somewhat anonymous or are they under your name where you say, hey, I'm John, I'm talking about skiing and this is something I'm passionate about and this is like my skiing blog? Yeah, good question. Uh, they're brands. My name's not attached to them. They're bigger than me. There's so many people working on them. Like our, our my the, the site. So, sorry, how many on your team now versus say two years ago when you're getting started? <laughs> two years ago, there was me. <laughs> well, that, that's good to hear. <laughs> that you're saying like, oh, you know, just drop a hundred bucks a day on, on Facebook. That's kind of intimidating for people starting out without the revenue side of it yet. Yeah, start out at two dollars a day. I started at five. I started at five. Okay, and I, I ran five, and I increased it incrementally and you know what there's gonna be months that you can't advertise on facebook december i mean is, you're competing with e-commerce you're not going to get the rates you need there's gonna be other months you can't advertise there's gonna be months where your ad rpm also drops just for whatever reason and you're not going to get it up and you're gonna have to pause your ads buying traffic is this thing that's labor intensive needs management every day and some months it's just not going to work very well so keep that in mind but when it works make hay when the sun shines all right in terms of how many people, uh, each site is, is different. Um, you know, right now, I'm really focusing in terms of these what I call B2C niche sites, uh, working on three of them intensively. Um, I would say for one, there's about uh, – regularly, there's about seven or eight people involved. Now, they're not all full-time. They all have their own particular contributions that they're doing. And then another one is interesting. It's the one I bought. This is a model I've never used, but we actually have a whole community that contributes a lot of free content. I've now offered paid paid content for certain types of pieces that I want to publish, so we'll you know pay them for that. So there's literally hundreds of writers for this site, and they do it for free because these are topics they like, and they like to contribute and see their work published, and they're aspiring journalists. So it's something totally new to me, free, con- free content, which I've I've always had to pay for it. And then another site that I'm involved with, um, but I'm, it's, with, it's a joint venture. There's probably only uh, four people. So it's smaller. It's, we're, we're ramping up. The thing is, you know, it's like even when I start a new site now, you know, I keep I, – I, yeah, I can seed it with some money. But I hate being in the red for anything like as a contained project. So I like to see profits before I spend money. And I know so many people that are like they invest like $4,000 that they don't have into a concept they don't know that will work and potentially lose that money. I'm always like I don't want to spend a nickel except for some $5 hosting until I make, you know, the money back. And yeah. then I'll take that money and invest it. So that means you're you're doing it yourself until exactly. you start to see that revenue. And even now, I'll start new projects. I don't want to put a nickel into it until I see money from it. I mean, sure, you're going to maybe put like, you know, hosting in a, in a professional theme or something, but that's a hundred bucks. Um, and I want to see it make money before I do anything. Well, John, this is pretty fascinating business. And I want to thank you for taking the time to, uh, to join me. Anything else? I'll ask you for your number one tip in a second. Anything else that people wanting to start these kind of niche brands should uh, should be aware of something i didn't talk about much is the importance of organic search i started this stuff 
Oh, I was not into organic search. I hated it so much because, you know, Penguin came and, you know, that that impacted my business back then. And, you know, it's hard to, hard to get past that. And I was just like, I'm not going to do that. And then I had a lot of success with social media after that in different niches. And um, so I'm like, social media, social media. Here's the thing, you know, um, really what's, what's made this a success is diversified traffic. You know, don't ignore organic search, but don't be 100% dependent. Don't ignore social media, but don't be 100% dependent on it. So, you know, you're never really worried if, if you have a bad social media day or week, it's not the end of the world because you've got organic search coming in too. So, and if you can make paid work, well, all the better. Um, so really, you know, don't try to game the search engines. Don't invest thousands and thousands into it in the beginning, but don't ignore it either. Do your on-site page optimization, network, you know, get the signals, publish good content, and, you know, hope for the best. And in the long run, you know, hopefully after six to 18 months, you see some good organic search. And the, and the final thing I, I didn't make clear before, paid traffic to content websites will not always work. It will not work for every niche. I wish it did. It won't. I mean, I mean, I'm sure maybe there's some copywriters who are absolute magicians with creating viral ads that can make any niche work. I'm not that person. So don't just think like no matter what you do, you're going to be able to buy traffic. It's not necessarily the case. That doesn't mean it's it's not a good niche to go into though. Okay, no, that's that's fair. That's good to hear on uh, both the Google side and the social side. Is hey, there's uh, there's a lot of ways to get this done, and and the focus first is. Um, you know, picking a niche where you think there's good a uh, good audience size and good revenue opportunity, and also something that you're interested in and can create a valuable contribution to the world and that the people would want to come to. Yeah, absolutely. And and test your RPM. Recently, just somebody helped me to ask me to help them with uh, their monetization, the revenue for display ads. And I jumped in there and we just tweaked some ad placements and that sort of thing. We tripled the RPM for display ads in 24 hours. So ad placements, really important. Well, John, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, you can check him out at fatstacksblog.com. Again, tons of really in-depth uh, and valuable content on everything we talked about uh, here today. Uh, so I recommend that you check that out. And John, we'll wrap it up with your uh, number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Publish a website people like and that you like because it'll work. You know, I mean, you have to like doing it and people have to like visiting it. That doesn't mean it does. It can't be commercial. My stuff's super commercial, but we we have a really high return visitor rate, uh, and that's because they like the site and we publish every day. You know, you can monetize almost any niche, and just you know, if it's if it's a great great site that's popular and people like, uh, and there's a huge market for it, you know, it just should work. And, and be 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 patient. <laughs> be patient. It's not going to happen in 24 hours. No, you got to invest the uh, in building the infrastructure and um, and then putting this stuff in motion. But really cool stuff, John. Thank you so much. You know, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot. All righty, what do you think of that chat with John? He's definitely someone worth following in this space. If you're into ad monetized sites, I think we could have gone on talking, nerding out about this stuff for a lot longer. Uh, if you're into ad monetized sites or if you're thinking about building, buying one, definitely check out fatstacksblog.com. Uh, biggest takeaway for me, 
I think here is, is look, I'm not trying to game any algorithm or really even stress too much about SEO, but I'm going to go out trying to build the most valuable, shareable resource I can to serve this niche, to serve this vertical, and I'm going to be strategic about my content, my marketing, but ultimately it's about building that genuinely helpful and that or generally helpful or entertaining brand. And I know where I failed with niche sites in the past, it was due to a number of factors, like due to my lack of original content ideas, a lack of interest in the subject matter, and, and maybe a lack of understanding how to get traffic to that site. Now, one example was in trying to build a wine-related site, which uh, actually based on this conversation with John might be a compelling niche to get into, but I really had no business building it because I don't know anything about wine other than I'll drink it. So everything I published was kind of like this half-baked Me Too content that was just a thinly veiled attempt to get someone to buy an affiliate product. Now, had I set out instead to build the true branded authority site about wine, you know, who knows, maybe that could have been a, a winning side hustle instead of a losing one. Now, in any case, you can find all the, the notes and links uh, from this week's episode, along with free PDF highlight reel with all of John's top blog building tips at sidehustlenation.com slash fatstacks, all one word. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Love doing the show each and every week and hearing from you on the ideas and tactics you're putting into action. And so on that note, let's go out there, make something happen this week, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 